Thomas, Thomas and I are in these, uh, in these text thread conversations with some of our friends and different little combinations of different ones. And one of them is about a workout group where before the pandemic, we used to work out together on Friday mornings. Yeah. You remember those days? Yeah. When you called it a workout group, I wanted to be like, hold on, slow down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We hadn't worked out together in quite some time. Yeah. There was a while there where we were going during the pandemic with masks on to do squats. Yep. That's really hard. It's really hard to free weight squat with a mask on. Yeah. And I, I mean, back before there was more knowledge about, uh, the coronavirus, I, I mean like the amount of hand cleaning I did every time I touched something in there. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, well, so one of the, this, this pseudo workout group used to be workout group, um, includes, (laughs) includes our buddy, Rob Logan, who was our, um, he's our social media and Photoshop, uh, guru for the podcast. And I think he, Actually listens to the show again, too. I don't know if he does or not. I think he banned us. Um, he banned us for a while. He boycotted us for a while. He canceled us for a while. I think he listens to it without comment now. Okay. He's not going to acknowledge that he listens to yeah, it. Yeah. Like, it, like for a while there, he was our social media director, and he also boycotted us. Yeah. I don't, do we use social media That's anymore? the kind of show we are. Does anybody listen to our show? <laughs> anyway, uh, Rob, like us, is a raging Enneagram 9. And he just, he'll, he'll like make these blanket statements that are just Enneagram. Can nine I say statements. something? Yes. I don't think you should include yourself in the umbrella of raging Enneagram nine. Oh man, that's so, that, that makes, that hurts my feelings. You're a nine, but you, you're not a raging nine. You have it under control. <laughs> I'm serious, man. You, <laughs> you act like your nineness is the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, no, like you're never looking for a change of clothes cause you're never hulking out. Oh like, my gosh. I'm just saying, dude. Um, but Rob will make these, like, they're like supposedly blanket statements about society, but they're just Enneagram 9 statements. Mm. Like this one today says, the Oak Ridge dump is by far the most intimidating place in Oak Ridge. I feel like I'm always doing something wrong there. It's That's, so true, though, it, actually. Well, first of all, yes, it is true. But second of all, it's not really a blanket statement about the Oak Ridge dump. It's just a statement about being an Enneagram 9 and having to go to a place where people direct traffic and tell you what to do. Right. And it just makes you feel terrible. Yes. But, like, there's other people that navigate that place just fine. Yeah. Like, I guarantee you, Bill Reeser's never had one moment of nervousness or uncomfortableness driving into the Oak Ridge dump. No. Not once. And no. I guarantee you that Potsy, even though Potsy is so different from Bill, has never had one moment of nervousness or problems at the Oak Ridge Dump. Well, so I think this, like, I don't feel that way at the dump anymore because I... Nice. I think I've learned in my life... You know, I think ch- you shouldn't call yourself a raging Enneagram 9, Thomas. I don't think I am. <laughs> I think you've got it under control. In some scenarios, in some scenarios I'm just confident in. I Well, okay, so I don't know if you're like... It, here's the way I... Like, my brain works like this sometimes in a situation like the Oak Ridge dump, which can be intimidating, especially when there's certain people there. There's certain people there who are like, they are just not kind, not nice dudes. Yeah. And they, but you know, and, and the, the Oak Ridge dump is their little kingdom that they yes. are the, the so king of. There's one person in particular. If, if the king of the Oak Ridge dump is there, then I do get intimidated. Um, but he hasn't been there in a while. Long so the king. I've just, I don't know if this like, sometimes my brain works in a way that says, what is the literal worst case scenario here? And is it that bad? No, I know what the worst case scenario is. It's what happened to Barry Bingham. Well, you fall you're, in the yeah, dump. You're, yeah. you're up at the top at that part where you, 
and you're un- unloading stuff from your truck and you fall down eight feet down into the trash bin. That's what happened to Dr. Bingham. Yes. He's on our Young Life Committee and the man fell into a trash bin. If you're going to get like injured, at feet. least be a doctor when you do it, right? <laughs> you can administer medication immediately. Right away. Nobody has to say, call a doctor. Yeah. If I was a doctor, I would have a, a bat belt of like medication. Utility belt? Yeah, utility belt. Oh gosh. Can I can can I tell the, the podcast listeners a fun story? Speak away. Um so this past week, uh Thomas did some young life camp fundraising with some of the guys that he wants to <laughs> He's already rolling his eyes. He doesn't want the story. Yesterday to be told. was not a good day for Tomboy. <laughs> Can I tell you what also happened yesterday? I, what? I went home and mowed my yard. Yeah. I stepped on a crack in my driveway. Okay. Rolled my ankle. <laughs> Fell, smashed my hand on the concrete because I stepped on a crack. It's like, That's how you know how it used you. to be break your mama's back. It's yeah. step on a crack. Thomas rolls his ankle somewhere. People, people think they want to be tall. No, it's not fun. <laughs> I had a doctor. Never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to okay. say. So Thomas is doing some camp fundraising for some high school guys that are going to Young Life Camp. And he, so he's going to do some mulching in the yard of, uh, of a family that go to our church. And so he's like, he calls me because... Um, I forgot this part. Because yeah, because <laughs> it was even part. worse. It was, your day was even worse than you remembered. Can you just set this up by saying like, I I'm an experienced mulcher. <laughs> like, at one point in my life, the only way I lived was by landscaping. <laughs> so like, it's I wish that was your Twitter bio. Well, I so Thomas, I told Thomas Hunter Cox, experienced mulcher. I started this day off by telling these guys. Here's how this is going to work so we get I'm done super fast. Yeah, I'm your guy. I'm telling I'm like, guys, here's here's the process. We will have this truckload undone in 40 minutes. I I promise you we can get through this entire load of mulch in 40 minutes if you do what I tell you to do. Which I'm not usually that way. But I'm like, I, this is my kingdom. Yeah, I can mulch a yard. Yeah, you're not a raging Enneagram 9 in that situation. So Thomas is like, hey, I'm going to go down to Oak Ridge Hardwoods because that's where I went a few weeks ago on the advice of our buddy Todd Levesey because all Christy wanted for Mother's Day was for me to tend to the flower beds that I've neglected for three years in COVID depression. I need to set this up a little better. Hold on. Can I? Keep- well, I, I need to preface the thing you're telling. with even. It's going to make it even better. Well, I, okay. I just want to say, like... <laughs> Like the this whole thing got going because, and I was proud of myself because I did. Uh, the only thing that survived COVID in my yard was Christie's knockout roses and our daylilies. Mm-hmm. Everything else died. So like I'm planting, I, I'm I planted something that didn't make it. By the way, and I'm super confused about that. I want to ask you about it. Okay. Um, Thomas is a landscape miner from the University of Tennessee. Go balls. Um, you want but, to know a plant? I got you. But uh, petunias you and tulip poplars. You want to know about yeah. some some vinca, some periwinkle, some some roses as you I, already mentioned. I did impatiens. I did basil. I did rosemary. I did petunias. I did all kinds of stuff. Anyway, I go get this mulch from Oak Ridge Hardwoods. Okay. And <laughs> and like what was like like a hundred fifty dollars worth of mulch I got for thirty bucks. And I was like, you got to do this. So Thomas goes down there and he's like, all right, 
when I'm down there, where do I go? And I was like, this is exactly where you drive behind the mill back into this place. Da, da, da. He's like, oh, good. I see I see the guy coming. He's He's got a scoop of mulch. He's coming my way. And I was like, you got cash, right? And Thomas goes, oh, no. And I was like, dude, you're in the backwoods of Marlowe. You have to have cash. These people don't have credit cards. And he's like, no, 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 no. So he just drives. <laughs> the guy's got a scoop full of mulch. He was on his way to get the he scoop. Was- yeah. he, didn't, he didn't have it yet. <laughs> Thomas has out. to scoot out of there like, <laughs> go look for so an ATM. So he goes to an ATM, doesn't know the pin to his own card. No idea. No clue. <laughs> so I drive down to Marlowe. No, we, before the, we were on the phone with me. You said, do I need to bring you cash? And you were like, no. I was like, no, I'll just go. I'll, I'll just go. But pride comes before a fall. Somewhere it says that. And I just made that up just now. And then yeah. like, um, <laughs> so I have to go down to Marlowe and finance this transaction. What was it you wanted to add to the story? Well, so about? I I was mulching with two guys. Yeah. Jai and Bryson. And before we left, the lady who we were mulching for, Gabby, said, hey, it, this bed right here, it really needs to be weeded. And I would, if, if one of y'all wants to do that, that'd be really awesome. And I was like, hey, which, why don't one of y'all come with me to get mulch and one of y'all weaves the bed? Bryson was like, I'll weed the bed. And I was wow. like, great. So, you know, we were gone an hour. <laughs> Bryson, <laughs> at one point Bryson called me and he was just like, hey. Am I, I still like, weeding this bed? He's like, dude, I promise I'm on my way. And he was like, okay. I just, I'll just. <laughs> You're right. That did make the story. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I swear it's my fault. And so he's then, like, is there anything else I can do? And I was like, yeah, go do this. So we finance the mulch. Thomas gets the mulch to this this lady's house. And look, and I don't blame you for this, because in every situation where I've had a successful mulching, you drive onto the yard. You just drive onto the yard. It makes it so much faster. Yeah, I learned this from Sam Bingham when I was like 16. You just, just pull the truck the right up to the yeah. flower bed. I learned that from Tom Job. He just pulled his truck. One time we were mulching right up beside the flower bed, and you're mm-hmm. just... One person's in the back of the truck, and you're just pitchforking this mulch right onto the flower bed. It could not be easy. So that's not my actual technique, but yes, you pull into the grass. Or onto a wheelbarrow. You, you, and then you dump the wheelbarrow. I'll tell the you the technique if you want to know. And I'll tell you the technique. Is it where you dump the wheelbarrow? You get two wheelbarrows. Yeah. So one person's filling wheelbarrows, one All person's running and dumping, and you're just, it's just a... It's just so fast. Conveyor belt. One person's spreading. Although when I was doing Christie's flower beds a couple weeks ago... It took me five hours. That's okay. Potsy's truck is big. Big truck. And I didn't have three people. Um, and I couldn't open a jar of jelly the next morning. Yeah, it'll get you. <laughs> my hands were so sore. Anyway, so moral of the story, Thomas gets this truck stuck in this yard and then <laughs> completely destroys the grass in this yard getting this truck unstuck. <laughs> There's a 30-foot-long tire truck <laughs> that's three inches deep. And there's four holes that are about eight inches deep because I was spinning the tires. Welcome to Ancient and New. This is so fun. It's so... Thomas is like, this is less fun than you think it is. That's great. I love the show. Do you know how Shutdown Fullcast says we're the only college football podcast? Oh, What if we adopted that? Just We're the only only Bible study podcast. We're the only Bible study podcast. Uh, The Bible Project would argue. Yeah, and all their millions of subscribers would argue too. Yeah, and our seven subscribers would be like, "We're with you guys." I I do appreciate. I think they don't make a profit on what they're doing. I think they just do it for fun. Nice, I appreciate that. What's uh, where are you taking us in the scriptures? Psalm one nineteen. You have a gigantic Bible background commentary over there. Is that what you're using? 
Craig Keener? No. Psalm Keener 119? Put, yeah. Wow. What what part of the Hebrew alphabet are we going to be looking at? Beth. Beth. Okay. Aunt Thank- Beth? <laughs> Tom, Thomas has oh. an Aunt Beth, and so I kind of got him right there. <laughs> oh, man. If you don't know, uh, Psalm 119 is the longest... Uh, poem or song in the scriptures, the longest chapter in the book of Psalms, and it's divided into sections, and each section is named after a letter in the Hebrew alphabet. There you go. Okay. So this is the one that is, yeah. So I'm actually just going to look at one verse, and I need to preface this, and I did this yesterday, okay? Okay. And you just heard the story of yesterday. Wow. Right there. You just heard it. Okay? I forgot cash. I destroyed a yard doing something that I'm technically pretty good at it he like was, on paper i'm pretty good at this he, he if, if i was a madden character like mulching would be pretty high you know like how it's like throw power 74 accuracy 83 yeah like some things some bars are higher than others like yeah. uh you know doing household minor household repairs indoors 32 like re-landscape in your yard a lot higher like there's some things that i just am good at everyone's like that if you had your madden skills and and i love that i love that you promised the guys it was going to be quick and also that you were technically fundraising but you wound up spending like 170 bucks a lot of money (laughs) shout out bp um anyways scratch them cats scratch them uh so i just keep all that in mind Here's what I, here's what I read. This is how I started my day yesterday. Okay? okay, I'm ready. Before I did anything, before I saw anybody, before I did any, before I spoke to anyone. Man, this is the first time the cold open has transitioned well into the. This was not designed into the scripture. If this is your first time stumbling upon our podcast, we don't have a script. That was not planned. Lee usually just starts talking, or I do, depending on who wants to bring up something to the dismay of the other. Who wants to own the other person? Yeah. Um, okay. Ready. I seek you with all my heart. I read that. The verse 10 in Psalm 119. I read that yesterday. And I was just like, something about that stopped me for a second. I was like, okay, I seek seek you with all your heart. And I decided yesterday, I'm going to ask the question, where are you, Lord? Not from the perspective of, oh my gosh, where are you? You're never here. I need your help. You're leaving me in terrible spots. But just like when in whatever circumstance I'm in throughout the day, I want to ask the question, where are you? Where can I find you in this? And lo and behold, I didn't have a great day by the book, right? Like, no. It was, and which is, and I, I told myself this before the day started. I, I would just look at my notes to confirm it. I wrote that down. Where are you, Lord? I'm going to ask you this question all day today. Um, because for me, just my personality, if the si- if the skies are sunny. That is so easy for me. It's easy for me to find things to be grateful for. I think it's probably true for everybody, but I'm pretty happy-go-lucky, and um, I just am, I think I'm pretty good at, um, you know, navigating things like that and saying, "Look at all these awesome things the Lord's done." It, it, I'm not trying to brag myself. I'm just saying that's. I think that's who I I am. Um, the flip side of that is, when skies are gray. I can feel that extremely big in the sense that like, yeah. it's just, it's easy for me to be on, sure, you know, in big feelings and big emotions. Um, so I just decided yesterday, all day today, I am going to just try to find the Lord in whatever circumstance I'm in. And I got hit with a 
fire truck of funny little things like that. Like, hey, you want to embarrass yourself in front of two 18-year-olds? And then you're going to have one of their dads come pull you out, who you've never met before, by the way. Wow. But you've known this guy for a couple of years, and you've been walking with him. And he's going to come pull you out of this yard. And then you're going to have to call the people whose yard you're landscaping and say, hey, I ruined this. And then there's things you left out, which were their, their neighbor came over, who's a really good friend of mine, like Sam Bingham's mom, who's a listener of our show. And he, she basically was like my second mother growing up. Right. Just came over. She brought us popsicles and said, oh, don't worry about it, boys. Thomas, get anything out of the basement that you need that could help you fix this. So I went and got bags of dirt over there. And I found out later they were 30 bucks a piece instead of, <laughs> instead of three bucks, which is what you get at Home Depot. Um, and I just like, I made a fool of myself over and over again yesterday. I was mowing my yard. I rolled my ankle. And as I fell, I smashed my hand against a concrete wall. And I walked into my house. And <laughs> Maddie was watching a show. And I said, I rolled my ankle. And she just, she didn't hear me. And I said, I rolled my ankle. <laughs> She's like, what can I do for you, baby? And I was like, nothing. I just needed to say that. And I'm so mad that I did it because I do this every three months, once a quarter. Oh and I just look like a fool and it hurts because I fall and then I get scraped up and I I am in a lot of pain for a couple of days. And uh, I just was, I, I was met with situations like that, which were so silly. Like they're not that big of a deal, but like in the moment, and I found myself doing this. I was kind of proud of myself. I was just like, okay, Lord, where are you? Where are you in this? Are, is, does this mean you're trying to teach me a lesson? No. But like, what's something in whatever circumstance I'm in where I can see your hand is at play? Nice. And it was fun yesterday morning because it changed me during that thing. It was a really cool thing where I, I'm, I'm helping these guys raise money for camp, doing a skill that like I, I have some experience in. And I actually kind of like to do because it, it feels like a situation where it's like I'm with these two dudes who are massively more athletic than me. But I can show you, this is how you properly mulch somebody's yard. You've probably never done this before or you've only done it a couple times. Um, and I made a fool of myself, which was really cool and it was good to happen. But I was like, I was dapping Bryson up after and I just said, we're never going to forget this. This is hilarious that this yeah, day happened. That's cool. And it was because I asked myself that question, where are you? And then I was just like, wait a second. I spent my whole morning hanging out with two dudes who I love and we laughed a ton. Yeah. And we, and we threw mulch and we made this person's yard look great. And, uh, you know, for a whole drive, Jai and I talked about, he was so interested in like, he was interested in landscaping. So I told him why we have, there's native landscape plants and why they get eaten by more deer than non-native plants. It's because that's the ones they want and they're used to because it's in their habitat. Like we should, I just got to like have these, this cool conversation and, um, I, it was just a thing where like, once I stopped in my situation and I asked like, okay, where do I see the Lord in this? Anywhere. Is there anywhere? This is sucked. I have, I've been made to look foolish. I should be a little embarrassed. Uh, I'm hurt. Like all these things. But when I stopped and I asked myself, do I see the Lord in here anywhere? Where are you? I was able to see him and it was really sweet. Yeah. I was able to find things where it was like, no, this is a really sweet thing from this day. Anyways, I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, it does. It makes me think of this thing with, um, there's a there's a moment when the Apostle Paul is talking about, he's just like, you know what? I don't want to brag about the stuff I've done in my life and my ministry. And he's like, man, if I if I had to give you my highlight tape, like the, th the one thing I would really want to be on my highlight tape is this one night where some people crammed me into a dumpster and lowered me 
over the side of the city wall to escape people that wanted to kill me. Mm. Um, it's just like the most ridiculous moment was a high point for me. Yeah. And, and it's just because those moments, it's like <laughs> they're awful in the moment, but then you look back and you're like, Oh my gosh. Like mm. when, um, like a couple weeks ago, you and Sam went to see Taylor Swift in mm -hmm. concert. And the very next day, your wife got to see Taylor Swift. But she had to wait four hours in a hallway while there was a lightning delay. And then she saw Taylor like just bring her whole set in the middle of the pouring rain. Mm -hmm. And I remember the next day, and my, my daughters were there too, Anna and Nora were there. And they were so disappointed that they didn't get to see Boy Genius and Phoebe Bridgers and everything. But they said, you know, Taylor was amazing. The next day, Rolling Stone's Instagram account posted this thing where they had videos from that show. And they were like, Taylor just became a legend. She just did her three-hour set in the middle of the rain at two in the morning for her fans. And I texted my daughters and I was like, you know, 20 years from now, like the story about the Eras tour is going to center on nights like this, mm -hmm. this night, where like, you're, all you're thinking about right now is we didn't get to see Phoebe and, and, and it was so disappointing and it was so hard to wait four hours in the, you know, for the rain delay to end. But like 20 years from now, people are going to be saying, remember that night that Taylor played her whole set in the pouring rain for her fans at two in the morning in, you know, Nissan Stadium in Nashville? And the girls were like, I actually think you're right. You know, it's like these ridiculous moments when, you're, when your heart is tuned to the Lord, it's like he lets you go through some ridiculous and goofy stuff. Wow, these are the moments you remember, and these are the moments where he actually showed up in the middle of it and yeah. showed you, like, you know what? You're a little ridiculous, and it's okay. Yeah, so, yes, that's a good point. So, that thing you just said right there, I've, like, to me, there's there's so much, there's a lot in the world to look around and say there's evidence of the Lord. In my own specific, uh, for my own walk, uh, the, the way, one way I can look at myself and say, I know that I'm growing and the Holy Spirit lives in me is that embarrassment is not something I really struggle with anymore. Nice. So like, um, take yesterday. I actually really wasn't that embarrassed. There's a lot of reasons to be, but I wasn't, and I just laughed. That's fun. And, That's uh, I got blessed by a friend in a way that I can't say out loud on this podcast, but he knows when he's listening to this. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it, it took something that could have been sour and made it sweet. And, um, like you mentioned me going to Taylor Swift with Sam. If he would have told me at 22, we're going to do this and I'm bedazzling us denim, I would say, I'm not going and I'm definitely not wearing whatever you're making me. <laughs> and because I was not letting you post it on Instagram. Yeah. And that didn't cross my mind one time yeah. at 29. Instead, I had the night that I just had such a fun night that I will never, ever forget. And we will always have together. Yeah. And, he snuck in a plant. Beautiful. And if 18-year-old me had anything to do with that, I would have said, don't do this. This is ridiculous. 29-year-old me thought, this is hilarious. You, your concept, which people are selling contacts they saw Taylor Swift with for 50 grand on eBay. You could sell the only plant that's ever gone to a Taylor Swift concert for a million bucks. You're not going to do it. You just want to have a plant that's been to a Taylor Swift concert. I mean, it's just like... So sweet. It, to me, one of the greatest joys of my life is to be somebody who does not struggle with embarrassment like I used to, which is so fun. 
That's good. Um, this is from John chapter 19. I just have a quick thought. Um, this is this is when Jesus is on trial in front of uh, Pontius Pilate, the governor of Judea under the Roman Empire. This is verse 6. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, We have a law, and according to that law, he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. And he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? And Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend to Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. After this, Pilate basically decides to, to go on with the order and, and give the uh, sentence Jesus to crucifixion. Um, the, the thing that struck me when I read this was, I just recently finished the Gospel of John, and um, the thing that struck me when I read this is that Pilate, from a, I just want to talk about like worldly perspective and spiritual perspective. From a worldly perspective, everybody, everybody is hanging on Pilate's every word. Mm-hmm. He's the decision maker. He's the shot caller. He has the power. He has all the cards. Even Pilate feels that way about it. Yeah. He has all the cards. He has all the power. He decides. Period. End of story. The Jewish leaders need him. They need him to see it this way because they don't have the power to execute anybody. Mm. They've got to do it this way. And Jesus just says this really interesting thing, which is, look, you actually don't have any power. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't tell Pilate this, but what we know looking back is 700 years before this happened, Isaiah said that, he, Isaiah wrote Isaiah chapter 53, mm-hmm. which is, it's like, you know, as a lamb before his shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Yeah. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his stripes we were healed. Mm-hmm. It's like, Pilate gave the order that Jesus be whipped with the cat of nine tails. By those stripes on his back, we were healed. But those stripes were predicted 700 years before. Right. A thousand years before this happened, David wrote Psalm 22, where he said, they have pierced my hands and feet. They cast lots for my clothing. Pilate's about to give the sentencing order, and those things are going to happen. They're going to pierce his hands and feet. The soldiers are going to cast lots for his clothing after they strip him. Like, like all... It's just this thing of like, and I bring this up not just to talk about the crucifixion and not just to talk about Pilate, but just like, for me, I feel like I constantly need the reminder that the way I see everything is skewed. Mm-hmm. Everything is skewed. I see everything based on like, well, I need this person to do this because otherwise I'm out of control and this thing's going to happen It's gonna and it's going to go badly for me. It's like, no, no, no. The, everything that happens has like all the days of my life have already been written down in a book. And the people that I think are in control are not in control. I was talking to 
I was at a middle school band concert last night. I saw this lady there who has, she has a kid in middle school who's in the band, then she has a kid in high school. And I said, look, you need to uh, sign your daughter up for Young Life Camp. She'll be able to hang out with Maddie all week. It'll be amazing. And then um, this lady just said, what if they don't raise the debt ceiling? And then the whole government just comes to to like a collapse. And I was like, number one, that is a really weird reason not to go to Young Life Camp. But number two, Number two, like, hey, we, like, there is a power way above all of this stuff. Mm. We need to change the way we see all the power dynamics. Yeah. Um, that Jesus could just stand there in front of Pilate and not even answer him because he's just like, look, dude, <clears throat> you have no idea how power works. You have no idea how long ago this was decided. Yeah. You have no idea how we are literally following a script Mm. we're literally doing a table reading for a show that has already been written yeah that's awesome i I think so we uh we we don't really watch this show but there there's a show that jude has watched sometimes it's called daniel tiger tiger's neighborhood it's like it's like a spinoff of mr rogers uh, mr rogers animated version and it focuses on daniel tiger and he has this great song where he says take a deep breath and he pauses and, and says, and count to four. And it's basically a like an emotional check-in. Like, are you about to get nice. upset? Okay, take a deep breath, count to four. Are you angry? Take a deep breath, count to four. Just to try to like, you know, and like there is all kinds of psychological research that says if you can, you know. Slow down. Slow down. Yep, slow yep. down your heart rate. Slow down everything. You're going to do something wiser than what you would as an emotional reaction to something. Yeah. And... I think about uh, a lot of what you're saying. I think if if we could, as believers, make sure before I don't want to say every statement, you know, like but like something about what you just described. If our emotional reaction, if our response, as opposed to an emotional response, was I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to count to four, and also like I'm going to make sure in those four seconds or whatever a lot of period of time, I I respond in whatever like the lens I respond through is looking through Jesus on the situation yeah. as opposed to through the situation and maybe Jesus is in there somewhere. Yes. Um, I think that would solve a lot of things for us. I think it would, I think it could help us in a lot of situations. I think it could help um, the way we see the world and the way we see our environment Absolutely. and what's going on around us. And um, I don't know. I, I mean, it, as a, as a young life leader who is, you know, I've been doing this for 10 and a half years. I've, you've been doing it for 20 or however long, like we've seen, we've had a lot of these conversations, right? Like, um, and you can't, you know, obviously we can't make parents do stuff like that, but that's just one small example. But like, what about in my everyday life? Uh, you know, something, something unforeseen happens. Uh, okay. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to think about it. And I'm going to, but like before I project, I'm going to to look at it as if I'm looking through the Lord onto the situation. He's he's the lens that I am focusing on through this situation. I think it would help a lot of things. You know that you know when you walk into a government building that like every government building has to have a picture of the president on the wall. Did not know that. Thank you for telling me. Yes, yeah, so like post offices and um, didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, like every government. If you look for it in any government building, you will find a a a photograph of the current president. It's extremely creepy. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. But it's, it's a reminder for them 
you work for this person. Mm-hmm. Every federal employee, if it's a federal building, that person, whoever is the president, their picture's on the wall. And the, and the implied thing is every single person here is under this person's command, mm, yeah. under this person's authority, under this person's supervision. That would be a good thing for me to reset. Like, yeah, okay, that's I, a good word, yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not at the whim of random chance. And I'm not just like, I hope things go well. Right. I mean, I can pray, and mm. I can. I do have hope. But I, in every room I go in, there should be, like, it's kind of like Eugene Peterson, who's gone to heaven. He used to um, have a cross in every room his office, every room of his house, mm. like every room that he had any control over, he had, he had a cross. Yeah. And it's kind of that same concept. I'm under the cross always. It's cool. Um, guys, when you go to get mulch, don't forget to take cash with you. It's 2023. <laughs> it really is. You're saying get a card swipe machine? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> guys, take cash. Like at this point, if if it's 2023 and you're taking cash, like you should be at least swiping a card. Like you need, you, you may need. not be tapping and you may not be doing the chip, but you should be swiping. Are you saying this to Betty Wong at Magic Walk? Well, that's a different story. <laughs> she can have my cash. I'm Lee. Arc money doesn't mean anything. It's all based off of trust. What? I just, it blows my mind that's a thing. I'm Thomas. <laughs> There's no gold backing it. There's no gold it's standard. Just... Have you ever thought that as an American citizen if you listen to this show? There's no gold standard. A dollar's a dollar because we say it is. This has been ancient. When life seems to roll like a storm out of control, there is so much I don't know that is in your plan. You named every star and you placed them where they are. Every beat of every heart is within your hands. You proved yourself true. Help me